I want you, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Daniel chapter one. We're going to be concluding uh, our series on 10X. And uh, we're going to conclude even this service with a time of ministry and prayer uh, because I, I really want our pastoral team to pray for you. And we're believing God for a 10X, 10X anointing. A 10x anointing on our vision, on our faith, in our lives in this next year. Daniel chapter 1, verse 18, it says, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with him, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them, how many times? Ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. You should almost have this scripture memorized by now. Ten times better. Not, not more spiritual not more anointed. It says that they were 10 times better in the natural things that they did, their cognitive abilities. They were smarter. They had more wisdom. Now, if you know the story that we've been talking about is that Daniel and these, these three men chose not to defile themselves by eating the king's food. So they chose to eat vegetables and water, drink water, not eat water, for 10 days. I think last week I said 40. It's, it was 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, they were found to be 10 times smarter than everybody else. Now, for all of you that are like, all right, that's confirmation. I need to eat my veggies. It's true. You do. But eating your veggies and drinking water is not going to make you 10 times smarter. All right? You need to do it, but it's not going to make you 10 times smarter. This was an anointing from God. God's super on their natural. It was something that came, the power of God that came from God on these men so that they can make a difference in their world. In other words, God had a plan for them that they couldn't fulfill in their own strength. And so they needed God's supernatural power in order to accomplish it. I'm going to let you know a God dream will always require God's power to fulfill it. This is what we've been talking about with 10X Vision is that we have to dream bigger. We, we've got to dream beyond, not just supersize, 10X. I was greeting some people after the first service and, and a guy came up to me. He says, I, I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, all right. And uh, he says, it's not big enough. I'm like, all right, I'm already freaking people out with 10X. All right. He's like, I just can't get away from it. It's not big enough. You keep on saying that city transform. He's like, we need a country transform. I'm like, well, maybe God's given you faith for it, man. You need to start believing for it. But how many know you cannot outdream God? There's never, we've said this, there's never once in scripture where you see a rebuke for someone having too much vision. You can't find a dream that's too big for God. There's a dream that's too big for us but there's never a dream that's too big for God. So let me ask you this question. What do you do when you have a big vision or a bigger vision than you have resource? What do you do with, what do you do with a giant vision that you don't have the ability to accomplish? What do you do with a giant vision that people around you don't believe in? You ever been there? I remember when we started our youth ministry so many years ago, it's like, man, we're going to have this youth ministry and we're going to have teenagers coming. We're going to, we're going to preach. And we're going to worship. People are like, what else? I'm like, no, that's it. That's it. Power of God's going to touch the generation. It's going to be incredible. And they'd be like, yeah, it's not going to work. It, even if you've got a God vision 
the negativity of people will try to drain you of faith. So you need to know this though, that every God-given dream will require God-given power. In fact, why would God give you a dream if it didn't require his power? If it's not big enough that it scares you, it's probably not big enough. If it's not big enough, big enough that it requires supernatural power, it's probably not from God. You and your own ambition can think of a big dream or a big idea. But if we're talking God dreams, then it has to be so far outside your power that you need God power in order to accomplish it. Now, I was, as many of you know, I was uh, coaching fourth grade basketball. I'm still taking, I'm still taking uh, applications for a fourth grade coach uh, because I coached fourth grade basketball. It's in past tense. And uh, I, I, was, I was preparing this week and I, I, thought of, I thought of a picture that I actually love of my youngest son and, uh, play, playing basketball, but I think this is a good idea. Okay, so, so when you try to fulfill a God-given purpose in your strength, I'm going to show you what you look like. All right, go ahead, put it up. That's my youngest right there. Because he has an ambitious dad that says, I know they're 10, you're eight, you're fine. You're fine, go play with the big boys, right? It's like no participation trophies in this family. Man, we're gonna, we're gonna play with the big boys. And um, so somebody sent me that picture and I was like, wow, maybe that was overkill. I want you to know, that dude's got a mean, he's got a mean crossover too, that kid, I'll tell you right. That's what we look like when we try to do God's plan in our strength. Some of you are dreaming these big dreams, have big vision, and, and you don't have a chance in accomplishing it in your own strength. So there is a disconnect between my vision and my ability. Friends, the disconnect between vision and ability is made up by God's anointing or God's supernatural power. It says in verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, this is interesting. It doesn't say Jesus the Messiah. It doesn't say Jesus the Savior. It doesn't say Emmanuel, God with us. It says Jesus of Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? Why are they making an emphasis on Nazareth? Because God, when he sent Jesus, Jesus came as fully God and fully man. We call this the incarnation, right? Is that he was fully God and fully man. Ephesians tells us that he laid aside his divinity or his divine power or his authority so that he could be fully man, so that he could walk in our shoes. He could feel what we feel. He could be tempted like we are tempted. He could be tried like we are tried, fully man. But as fully man, Jesus of Nazareth, in order to accomplish God's purpose, he had to be anointed. If Jesus had to be anointed, we have to be anointed. If Jesus needed the anointing, we need the anointing. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, The word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He laid aside his divinity, his supernatural power, and he became a human so that God would have to anoint or put his power on his humanity to show what we could do with God's power. It says, God 
anointed him. If Jesus needed to be anointed, I'm going to say this a couple times today, to accomplish his purpose, then so do we. If Jesus needed to be anointed, then so do we. So Jesus was anointed with what? It says God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, if you study the Holy Spirit, you know you don't get one or the other. The Holy Spirit and power are inseparable. They work together, they move together. You don't get to have these people like the Holy Spirit and these people like the power. There's no power without the Holy Spirit and there's no Holy Spirit without power. They are inseparable. So he says, I'm anointing Jesus, the man, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Did you know that Joel prophesied that there would be a time that God would pour out his spirit on what? All flesh, everybody. In fact, the book of Acts says this promise, the Holy Spirit, is for you, your children, your other, your other children, the descendants, the other descendants, and all who are far off. It's pretty much everybody. This anointing is for you. It's not for pastors. It's not for leaders. It's for us. It's for believers that anyone who is in Christ has access to his anointing. That when God gives you a big dream, that disconnect between your ability and God's ability, you need the anointing. The anointing is synonymous with God's power. The Holy Spirit and power, it, it's the anointing. In, in church, we get into all these Christianese words. And, and so you start thinking like the anointing. Some people think the anointing is oil. Well, oil represents the Holy Spirit or represents anointing, but it's not anointing. So I, I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, old meetings my, 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 in our church, I got anointed one time with oil, but this guy got a little bit like loose with the oil. Had a brand new sweater on, brand new sweater on. And, and this man, this is a true story, this man poured a jar of oil over my head and down my sweater. Talk about church hurt, I got some, I got some myself. <laughs> then my mom washed the sweater and she shrunk it. <laughs> oil and shrunk. It's a smedium. I wore it every day. Oil is not anointing. It represents the anointing. And the anointing gets some type of bad rap because it's, oh, the anointing, the anointing, or that pastor's anointed, or this person's anointed. Friends, you're just as anointed as anybody that you watch on YouTube. The problem for us is that we're not aware of the anointing we have access to. I'm not more anointed than you are, but I might be aware of it more than you are. So after today, you're gonna be able to step into a new level of anointing, not because you got a new anointing, is that because you became aware of the anointing that's already available to you. You cannot see the anointing, but you can feel its power. You can't, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effect of the wind right? Especially in Texas. You, you can't see the wind, but you can feel the effect of the wind. You, you can't see electricity, but you can see the effect of electricity. Some people say, well, I can't see the Holy Spirit. Then he's not real. I can't see the anointing. Well, if you understand the anointing, you'll be able to see the effect 
of the anointing. When a life is transformed by the power of God, friends, that's the anointing. When a body is healed, that's the anointing. When someone has a prophetic word for someone, they speak the mind and heart of God, that's the anointing. When God gives you supernatural endurance to do the thing God's called you to do, that's the anointing. It says that God anointed him, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power. So now, why was he anointed? You know what people in church, this is funny, people like to get anointed to be anointed. I'm so anointed. I have traveled to 13 states. I've been prayed for by 47 men of God and I have the healing anointing. I have the abundance anointing. I have the, there's only one anointing. It's the power of God. There is not one that differentiates from the other. You don't have to jet set to try to find every anointing. Friends, the anointing that you need is found from God. It's the anointing that is the power of God. And you are anointed not to accumulate. You are anointed to do. God always gives his anointing to accomplish some type of task. He does not anoint you so you can be the most anointed person in the church. He anoints you so you can be the greatest servant in the church and actually put that anointing to work. If you have a God-given anointing, it is for a God-given assignment. God always anoints for a reason. So why did he anoint Jesus? It says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power to do good and to heal all who are under the power of the evil one. Okay. So this is the mission. The mission now is that you are anointed. What You are anointed. We are anointed. Why? To do good. One commentary said that the reason that Jesus did good is that he pulled from the good that was within him. That he was a good man, so he did good things. He had compassion. He showed kindness. He had, it sounds like the fruit of the spirit. That out of the good in him, it was displayed from him. And to set free all who are under the power of the devil. Now, some of you are like, I like to do good. And heal all who are under the power of the devil. People don't get as, as some people get excited about that one. They're like, I don't like to do good, but I like to heal those who are under the power of the devil. It's both and. I do good from the good stored up in me, and I heal those who are under the power of the devil. Now, if you are not 100% healthy, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, then there needs to be some type of healing in your life. God's plan is for you to be healthy in all of those areas. Sickness is not from God. Poverty is not from God. So whenever you find yourself, you're saying, are you saying I'm under the power of the devil? No, I'm saying that it's not God that's doing that. So you need to be healed so that you walk out of physical conditions, out of emotional conditions. It is not God's will for you to be stuck in the pain of seven years ago. It is not God's will for you to be stuck in the trauma of what you've experienced in this last season. God's heart for you is freedom and wholeness and abundance. So Jesus went about healing people emotionally, forgiving people. You remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? Healing people physically. He, he, he was ministering to all of these different areas. If you, he, all, all of these different areas that he calls under the oppression of the evil one. 
John 10, 10 says that Jesus came to give us a life, right? And that life more abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there is an enemy and he has a mission. So anything that's stealing from you, killing you, or destroying you, it's not God. It's the enemy. Jesus came to give life. So life and that life abundantly comes from him. So whenever there is a shortfall between my ability and that vision of freedom, that's where I need God's power or I need the anointing. Did you know that if you begin to put a demand on the anointing more, you would see the power of God manifested in your life? It's not enough to just know it's out there. You have to begin to access it by faith. How do I walk in the anointing? You step out beyond natural ability, out of obedience, and you trust God to make up the gap. That sounds scary, Pastor. It is scary. Until you see God begin to do it over and over and over again. Then it actually gets exciting to live in the place beyond your natural ability, in the place of impossibility where God begins to interact and intervene on your behalf over and over and over again. It says that the reason God, did, God anointed Jesus full of the Holy Spirit and power was to do good, to do good and to heal all who are under the power of the devil. And then it says this, it says, because God was with him. I don't know if there's a better definition of the anointing than that. Why, why was Jesus able to do what he did? Because God was with him. Why can you do the things that God's put in your heart? Because God is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus ascended, sent the Holy Spirit to come be our comforter, our teacher, and our guide. He, he, he's with us. You have God with you. The anointing is not some super force out there somewhere that you try to catch with your desperate prayers. It's something that you access by faith every day. That anytime you step out of what your natural ability is, you take hold of his supernatural ability. The anointing has all kinds of different words, but you could say this, the power of God, anointing, God's super, on our natural, all of those things are synonymous when we're talking about his anointing. The 10X anointing is doing things with God, by God, and for God. With God, by God, and for God. Because God was with Jesus is a perfect definition of the anointing that he walked in. The anointing is extra on your ordinary. The anointing does what others cannot do. The anointing is the power of God to act. The anointing is for everyone. The anointing is for everyone. It's not just me. It's not just people in vocational ministry. It's you. When you hit an impasse in your family, you need the anointing. When you get a bad doctor's report, you need the anointing. When you feel discouraged or depressed, you need the anointing. When you feel anxiety, you need the anointing. There's a lot of focus on the anointing. You can say it however you want. You need God's power. You need his super on your natural. Luke chapter 4 Verse 18, Jesus is in the temple and he quotes the prophet Isaiah in chapter four, verse 18. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Okay, let me just say this. The spirit of God is on you. Whether you know it or not, 
The Spirit of God is available to you. The Spirit of God is on me. Why? There's a reason. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. I don't know if there's a better definition or a mission statement for the church than Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We like numbers at this church, so maybe we should start the 418 ministry. Just add one more to the mix. Luke 418, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. What does 10x anointing look for my life? Look like for my life? It looks like this: the awareness that the Spirit of God is on me. Why? Because He has anointed you. The church, believers, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. That's it. That's 10x. It's the anointing of God that's on your life to do, to carry out, to fulfill the purpose on your life. And some of us, we're running around like my, my, like my youngest son. I got a big vision and little ability. You need the anointing. You, you need God's super on your natural. You, you, you need to begin to access through prayer and in faith the supernatural ability that can come on your life. Did, did you know that the anointing can help you in business? The best ideas, best businesses should come out of the house of God. The, 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 the best strategies for city transformation should not come from people outside the church. It should come from people in the church. That we have access to a power that is beyond our natural ability. And when you put a demand on that power, it changes everything about your life. So I was in prayer about four weeks ago and I was going over this, this series. And you know, when, when you write messages, I'm trying to pray and just hear the voice of God. And I'm trying to think of all the different people that are represented in the room and all the people watching, you just, you know, you're flooded with all these thoughts. And, and then people leave reviews and say nasty things. And so you're trying to like block that out. And then you're trying to be theologically correct and, and, and all, all, all of this stuff. And, and you know what I kept on butting up against as I, as I wrote this? is I didn't want people to get into, get stuck into 10X as a number and miss that 10X is a mindset. See, it's different. If 10X is a number, you get to 10X and you throw away the mindset. 10X is a mindset that everywhere I look, I don't look at the measure of my own ability, I look at the measure of God's ability. So I'm looking at things through the lens of possibility, not through the lens of impossibility or negativity. So I just begin to pray, I say, Lord, help us, help us catch the mindset, the, the perspective, the lens in which we look at the world. Help us look through 10X, not like, okay, if I can just 10X my stuff, 
No, accumulating is not our goal. Assignment and purpose is. So God wants to 10X you so you can be 10X a blessing. Not so you can have 10X more. He gives abundance so that we can be generous. So I said, Lord, just help me, help me get this across. And I had this idea. I saw this picture just in my mind of us all in church like this and us turning this whole auditorium into a holy place that we just begin to seek the Lord together. And I preached shorter on purpose so that we would have extra time because I want us to begin to worship in just a minute. And then I had a picture of us, our pastoral team actually laying hands on you and praying. And some of you came to church for the first time. You're like, wait, what are we doing? It's okay. You don't, this, is, this is a free will anointing, okay? You don't have to be coerced into it. But I want to challenge everybody to consider having someone agree with you in prayer that God would give you a 10x anointing, an ability to see through the lens of possibility on what God could do, 10x vision, 10x purpose. I'm gonna have everybody stand all across this place, if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, says, for this reason, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And everybody loves this one. Like, yeah, fan into flame. Go, Timmy. He says, that's given you by, how do you get it? By the laying on of hands. So this is where in church, this is where we get this practice to lay hands on one another. Not throw hands, lay hands. So somebody like, yeah, let's do it, pastor. No, no, lay hands and believe for, and this is what this is what we're believing for, an impartation. Okay, that's another really spiritual word, like anointing, that can get like really wacky. Impartation is just, we're believing that God would use a brother or sister in Christ to be a conduit of God's goodness and his power into each and every one of us.